If you want to start a fight among Bible-believing and Christ-honoring Christians, bring up baptism. A second, second cause of much dissension among Bible-believing and Christ-honoring people is to bring up the Sabbath. And in our course through the Ten Commandments, we have landed tonight on the fourth, and we will be discussing the Sabbath. This week, we will examine the Old Testament teaching, and next time, on January the 19th, we will discuss the, primarily the parables and the teachings of Jesus and see how it is the same, a continuation of the Old Testament teaching and how it is also new. It is new wine. The bottom line we will find as we discuss the doctrine of, taught by the fourth commandment is that we must rest, repent, and rejoice and do so frequently, very often, in Jesus. I will conclude our two-part series on this commandment, that the Sabbath has changed to the Lord's Day since the recreation and great redemption event were combined in the resurrection of Jesus. Nevertheless, the need for repentance, rest, repentance, and rejoicing in the Lord remain. We will also find that the church continues the six-day, one-day pattern established by the fourth commandment at the dawn of creation. Nevertheless, the external regulations and ceremonial requirements of the Old Covenant have been completed in the New. The fourth commandment remains for God's people, and that is that we must rest, we must repent, and we must rejoice and do so frequently in the Lord. That was a mouthful, and it's going to take me two sermons to unpack all that, so let's get started. Let's begin at the original commandment, in Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. God commands us through Moses, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Now, most of you guys here know that there are actually two different statements of the Ten Commandments. The first is found right here in Exodus 20. It's the original giving of the law. And then when you get to Deuteronomy 5, Moses restates this giving of the law in the Ten Commandments. Now, there is a difference, not much looking at the Ten Commandments as a whole, but there is a difference between the two. And the biggest difference is found in what we will be reading tonight. The difference will play a great role in discerning why the command has changed in the new covenant and how it continues today for God's people. How it is both a continuity from the old and how it is different. So let's get started. Right off, Moses says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. 
Now, a former pastor of mine commented on the fourth commandment and he observed that the Sabbath day, he noted that in our society it is almost as important to remind people to work six days as it is to remind them to take the Sabbath off. But I'm just going to leave that there. (laughs) The Sabbath is a distinct command for God's people. What I mean by that is everybody should know that you shouldn't murder, steal, lie, or covet. But the Sabbath is peculiar to God's people. Nevertheless, there is a rhythm that all creation follows. And and many, many, many cultures have found this seven-day rhythm. But the Israelites were to distinguish themselves with this rhythm that emphasizes rest in the Lord. And that theme, this rest in the Lord on this seven-day schedule, has not changed in the 3,500 years since the command was codified. Now, Obviously, God rested from his work not because he was tired. God rested from his work in order to set for us an example that would enable you and I to be the men and women of God we were created to be. Men and women who trust God and trust his promises and specifically in this case, follow his example. Indeed, Pastor Benji reminds us from time to time of a powerful truth that we often miss. And that is, we run ourselves into the ground trying to outsmart God by filling our weeks to the brim. But if we kept the Sabbath, we would give ourselves seven extra weeks of vacation a year. I mean, let's be honest here. Who couldn't use an extra seven weeks of vacation of real, refreshing, God-glorifying, joy-inspiring, kingdom-building rest? So, given that we are to work for six days, what is different about the Sabbath? Rest. This God-glorifying, kingdom building rest. Moses continues, he says, on it, on this seventh day, you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Clearly rest. Rest is clearly the main ideal that is being pointed at in this passage. No normal work is to be done that would interfere, key point, no normal work should be done that would interfere with worship and with rest. Now, in the history of godly people, both Jewish and Christian, observing the Sabbath, we have recognized the exceptions of works of mercy and works of of necessity. Sometimes those just have to happen no matter what day of the week it is. Jesus, for example, mentioned the example of a man whose donkey falls into a ditch. Necessity dictates that you take that donkey out. Jesus also mentions a man who finds his enemy's animal crushed under its burden. 
Mercy demands you help your enemy even on a Sabbath. Now, of course, these words are debated and they're abused. But for those who wish to know what the Lord is getting at, God the Spirit will reveal it to us. And these words, these instructions, these, this godly counsel provides a base from which we can individually judge whether or not, by God's grace, we are keeping or honoring the Sabbath. And we find that the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. My friends, one of the key points that we need to take from this entire teaching on the Sabbath, Old and New Testaments, is the Lord has blessed it. The Lord has blessed this day. What on earth does that mean? If it doesn't mean that He will bless you for keeping it in His honor. How then should we keep the Sabbath? By resting. By repenting. And by rejoicing frequently in Jesus. Now again, I'm looking at the Old Testament tonight. And so I want to look at rest. And we see in Psalm 62, For God alone my soul waits in silence. From Him comes my salvation. My friends, the Israelites, the true Israelites, knew more than 2,000 years ago that salvation comes by grace through faith. One of the frequent commands in Scripture is to rest in the Lord. And as we heard this morning, grace and mercy are so countercultural and they are so Jesus. The world cannot comprehend Sabbath because the world wants to make everything we do about me. But on the Sabbath, properly understood, properly remembered, we become very anti-cultural, very Jesus, because we make everything we do about God. So we can rest. We don't have to worry. We don't have to fret. We don't have to be concerned about making our ends meet because we have a Father in Heaven who cares for us even more than He cares for the sparrows. But you know, you do know this, if you're going to have that kind of rest, the one thing is it's going to take is repentance. What do I mean by that? Well, let me bring up a verse you know well. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make straight your paths. I wonder, have you ever thought about those two verses as they regard the fourth commandment? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. What does that mean? Trust that He's going to take care of you. 
I brought up the idea of the theology of sleep before. The theology of sleep says that you get out of the world for eight hours every day. Lord, I wish. For eight hours every day to prove to you that you don't make the world spin. And 24 hours a week, you need to be reminded that it's all about Jesus. Lean not on your own understanding. Oh, but God, I have so many things I got to get done. Yes, you do. Maybe you have too many. Right now I'm preaching to myself, right, Donna? You have too many things to do. So you fill your week to the brim and you're exhausted and you're frustrated and you're bitter. Am I speaking to anybody else here or is this just preaching to me? In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make straight your paths. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? If you do, then you will go to Jesus and say, Lord, how do I honor you as the Lord of the Sabbath? But I'm getting ahead of myself. The third element about keeping the Sabbath, resting, repenting, The third element is the third that so many people who have wanted to keep the Sabbath have completely forgotten. Joy! Rejoice frequently in the Lord. Look with me at a very misunderstood passage. Isaiah 58, 13 and 14. If you turn back your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my day, if you don't do that, but you'd call the Sabbath a delight and the holy day of the Lord honorable. If you honor it, not going your own ways or seeking your own pleasure or talking idly, then you shall take delight in the Lord and I will make you ride on the heights of the earth. I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. This is just Isaiah's commentary on Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I'm not sure that he had those verses in mind, but looking at it this way, it sure does seem like it. The point of this passage is not that you can't do your own pleasure. The point of this passage is that you must not do your pleasure if your pleasure is not pleasing to the Lord. Boy, that was a mouthful. Listen to David's commentary on what I just said. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. What does that mean? If you and I delight ourselves in the Lord, guess what He's going to give us? Himself. I don't know about all of you, but I am old enough. I have walked this earth long enough to realize that so many of the things that I delight myself in end up being empty at best. Sometimes the things that I delight myself in bite myself in the rear end. Anybody with me on that? But if you delight yourself in the Lord, If you call his Sabbath day a delight, he will give you what you desire. He will give you what you need. 
If you have acknowledged Him in all your ways, if you are living according to the Spirit and having your desires shaped by the Lord, then instead of being a burden or a chore, which I admit, I have turned the Sabbath into a burden and a chore before. I am guilty. Then keeping the Sabbath will be a delight. You see, the Bible is rather simple in its command. Delight in the Lord. If you delight in the Lord... You will delight to do as He commands. And you will be training yourself because the Spirit will be training you and shaping you more and more into the image of Jesus. You will be coming more and more like Him. And you'll say, wow, these are the things that I love. I used to be bored to tears reading the Bible, but now, oh my goodness, it's interesting. As my own bride reminded me last week, Two words. Behold and become. You become what you behold. Whatever it is that you covet, whatever your heart treasures, that's where your treasure is. That's where your delight is. When you turn your eyes upon Jesus, you become like Jesus. When you turn your eyes on the world, you become like the sin-sick world around you. The Sabbath is a reminder to turn your eyes upon the Lord of the Sabbath. Allow me a moment to describe what I mean. Now, I like to make this clear. I'm about to give my own opinion. This is my opinion, not Scripture, for two paragraphs. Hang in here with me. Keeping the Sabbath might mean that we take the day off and go to the beach with your family. Keeping the Sabbath might mean that you stay at home and restore yourself physically and emotionally. Keeping the Sabbath might mean any number of things so long as what you do, you do in view of Jesus as the Lord of the Sabbath. If what you are doing is something you would not want Jesus to see, then you are probably sinning. If what you are doing is something that someone else would see and know that you're despising or trifling with Jesus, then probably what you're doing is sinning. And it doesn't matter what day you do it on, it's not good. If what you are doing is something that Jesus would enjoy, going to Dinosaur Park and letting your daughter play on the jungle gym, I think Jesus approves of that. Because It is honoring to the Lord of the Sabbath. Let's get back to Scripture. How did Moses ground his command that we should keep the Sabbath? Here we come to what I think is the most important part of this command, in part because this is where the difference between Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy lie. And this is the most important part of the command, in part because here is where we get a clue as to what has changed and why when we come to the new covenant. Here Moses answers the question, why should we follow this command not to work on the seventh day? And we find it in our passage. For in six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the Sabbath day, the seventh day. And in the Exodus 20 passage, we see that Moses bases his command on the the creation event. We are to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy because God created the universe in six days and rested on the seventh. 
But then in Deuteronomy 5, he gives a different reason for honoring the Sabbath. He says, you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. And the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. In the Exodus passage, the ground or the reason why God's people must keep the Sabbath is that God created the world in six days and he rested on the seventh. Here, however, the key ground or reason why God's people must keep the Sabbath is that they were redeemed by God from their slavery in Egypt. Instead of slaving to the Egyptians, God's people are to rest in Yahweh. Now allow me to show my cards here for a moment. When we get to the New Testament, and we discover there that Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath, the reason for both the continuity and the discontinuity in the New Testament is right here. The ground for keeping the Sabbath is creation and the exodus from Egypt. The ground for keeping the Lord's day is the fact that He has made us a new creation and because the great redemption event, the one that the exodus pointed to, has now happened. Jesus' death and resurrection from the cross, from the dead. Jesus Christ has forever changed what was an anticipated rest to a realized rest. A rest that is both already and not yet. We remember the Lord's day because the final Sabbath rest of Hebrews 4 is not yet. Now, we fully recognize that the ultimate remembering of the Sabbath is to rest repent, and rejoice frequently in Jesus. Now this needs some unpacking. We learn in the New Testament that we are a new creation because of the cross. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, look, pay attention. The new things have come. Instead of creation as the bestest for rest in Christ, I conclude that we are a new creation and therefore subject to the Lord of the Sabbath. Likewise, the resurrection of Jesus is the great act of redemption, the act of redemption that the Exodus merely pointed to, and therefore we are subject to the Lord of the Sabbath. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, you were ransomed, a word related to redeemed, You were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, rejecting the Sabbath, treating the Sabbath dishonorably, for example, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Christ's death on the cross is the great act of redemption. Again, therefore we are subject, not to the law, but to a person. Not to the day, not to the seventh day, but to the Lord of the Sabbath. So that is why we must rest, repent, and rejoice frequently in Jesus. And it's exactly what brings us to the next question. Something has changed, right? I mean, we don't have to keep the Sabbath like they did in the Old Testament, right? Right? 
Yes and amen. I want to make that clear. First of all, let's look at a very strict interpretation and consequence that was enforced under the old, co- the old covenant. Exodus chapter 31, verse 15. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh is a Sabbath of solemn rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day shall be put to death. Nehemiah told his guards with spears and whips to go out and chase the people away on the Sabbath day, saying, you can't sell stuff here on the Sabbath day. Obviously, there was a very strict and very uh, stiff consequence. But now, praise Jesus. Now there is no death penalty. Instead, there is freedom. Romans chapter 15, verses 5 and 6. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day, observes in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. In the New Covenant, how you honor the Lord has been, for lack of a better term, unregulated. In large measure, because God's people are no longer a national entity, because there is no more national people of God, there are many old covenant regulations that simply no longer apply. They were fulfilled by Christ and we are free. There are no more ceremonial laws. They were all fulfilled in Christ and are no longer binding on us today. There is no civil regulation. The nation of Israel was destroyed and now God's people will come from every nation. Praise Jesus! This freedom extends to how we keep the Sabbath. Or, better, as we now refer to it, as the Lord's Day. In several places in the New Testament, we find that the day of worship shifted from the first day of the week to the first day of the week. And strictly speaking, the first day is not the Sabbath. So yes, there was a significant change. But the first day of the week, today, is the day that Jesus rose from the grave. Amen. And the New Testament apostles and the resulting church believe that they must worship the Lord of the Sabbath on the first day or the Lord's day. And so most of the Christian world has indeed followed suit. The Sabbath, indeed all of God's laws, are meant to be a blessing, not a burden. And part of what Jesus came to undo was all of the external regulations that man foisted upon the Sabbath and therefore destroyed it. One way of saying this is that Jesus liberated the Sabbath and he called us to remember the Lord's day, to rest, repent, and rejoice frequently in Jesus. Now next time, we are going to look at four primary passages that Jesus taught on the Sabbath. And we're going to understand more concretely, more clearly, what it then means for us to honor the Sabbath. And one specific way we can do that 
is by celebrating at the Lord's table. I'm going to have the men come up. As we come to this table, we are honoring the Lord of the Sabbath. As you take and you eat the spiritual food, and as you come and you take the spiritual drink, you are drinking and eating the Lord of the Sabbath into you. You are recognizing you don't have to kill yourself. You don't have to fill your week to the brim chasing after bread and juice. Did you hear what Sharon just played? Were you singing it in your heart? His blood and His alone can change the leper spot and melt this heart of stone. If you don't have that song memorized, go home tonight and look it up and sing it. Just sing I won't send you all away with my voice ringing in your ears, but 
Just sing it to yourself. I will be singing it to my daughter tonight. Take, eat, do this in remembrance of him. His blood that washes away my spots, that melts my heart of stone, and gives me the freedom to celebrate the Lord of the Sabbath. Take, drink, do this in remembrance of him. Lord Jesus, my brothers and sisters and I so, so desperately need your grace. We need you to meet us. God, my best intentions to keep the Sabbath over the last weeks. Thank you for Jesus on the cross. Give us a heart that yearns after you and is even willing to fight the culture around us that makes us want to do things and overfill our time. And give us a heart not to keep the Sabbath because somehow it impresses you, because it doesn't, but help us to keep the Sabbath because it is what we need. And help us to honor the Lord of the Sabbath. In Jesus' name, amen.